0: Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Thursday, May 12th, 2022. I'm Brand McCullough. Today, other algorithmic stablecoins are now teetering. Meta is cutting back even when it comes to the metaverse. Could an Instacart IPO lead us out of this darkness? Disney's streaming business is holding up for now. And the AR demo that was the most exciting thing to me from the IO keynote yesterday. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. Look, a lot of today is going to come to you from the everything-everywhere-all-at-once file. Things continue to be dicey out there. After UST's collapse, most rival algorithmic stablecoins are now below the dollar peg. Tether and USDC, the two largest, are mostly holding their dollar pegs, but they're not algorithmic, right? Tether, the largest stablecoin of any flavor, briefly dropped to a 24-hour low of 96 cents, though. So yeah, things are teetering all across the ecosystem, quoting Bloomberg. Most rival algorithmic stablecoins, which use a complex combination of computer code and trader incentives to maintain their pegs of 1 to 1 to the dollar, are also below that threshold, though not at the 80% extreme seen by TerraUSD on Wednesday. MakerDAO's DAI slipped 0.4% before recovering to its peg, and Phi slipped 0.5%. Neutrino USD fell 20% over the same period of time, according to data from CoinMarketCap. USD or UST, and its related token Luna, had a long way to fall. They both recently climbed into the top 10 tokens by market value after Terra founder Duquan established the Luna Foundation Guard, which bought billions of dollars of Bitcoin to back it up. Investors had rushed to take advantage of yields that might reach almost 20% on Anchor Protocol, which is powered by the Terra blockchain. On Wednesday, Quan announced measures aimed at bringing Terra USD back to the dollar peg, which includes minting Luna at an increased pace. The total circulating supply of Luna has surged to 1.46 billion tokens from 377 million yesterday. Data from researcher Masari show. End quote. It's unclear to me how much of this turmoil is what is affecting the price of other coins, but Bitcoin dropped below 26,000 briefly for the first time since December 2020, down 15% in a mere 24 hours. Ether. Dropped to as low as 1,720, its lowest level since July 2021, which means MicroStrategy, remember them? They're the company that made a massive Bitcoin bet. Well, that bet is now underwater on paper as Bitcoin trades around $28,000 this morning. MicroStrategy holds 129,218 BTC, bought for an average of $30,700. I saw this article this morning speculating that at this point, 40% of Bitcoin holders are underwater, and that 50% of all crypto traders at the end of 2021 had gotten into crypto for the first time in that year. So if that was you, you're likely down too, no matter what you invested in. So given that environment, you know what would not be helpful to overall market confidence? I don't know, maybe something like the CEO of Coinbase having to come out and say there's quote, no risk of bankruptcy, after Coinbase said in a recent filing that its users might lose all their crypto if the exchange were to go bankrupt. Quoting the Financial Times, Coinbase stock fell 23% after it reported a significant slide in its revenues, which missed analysts' expectations, as well as a sharp fall in trading volumes in its first quarter results on Tuesday. The poor results together with concern over a regulatory filing later that day prompted Chief Executive Brian Armstrong to state on Twitter that Coinbase had, quote, no risk of bankruptcy, end quote. His comment came after a new disclosure suggested customers could be on the hook for claims against the exchange, sparking alarm among Coinbase's users. According to the filing, the crypto that Coinbase holds in custody for users, quote, could be subject to bankruptcy proceedings and such customers could be treated as our general unsecured creditors, end quote. As a result, users may find the platform, quote, more risky and less attractive, end quote, potentially hurting its financial health, the filing said. But Armstrong rushed to reassure users apologizing for failing to communicate proactively when the new wording was added. Quote, There is some noise about a disclosure we made in our 10Q regulatory filing today about how we hold crypto assets. Armstrong wrote on Twitter, adding that rather than being at risk of going bust, the exchange changed its terms to satisfy a regulatory requirement. Analysts at Wedbush noted that Coinbase was, quote, flush with cash and still investing, quote, aggressively during the downturn. In its first quarter results, the company reported greater losses than expected by Wall Street, 430 million in losses compared with the 47 million in losses that analysts had estimated, and predicted that trading volumes and user numbers would continue to fall in the current quarter. Coinbase shares have lost 67% of their value since the start of the year, with their price falling below $100. For the first time since the company went public in April last year. At the time of its IPO, Coinbase shares were worth $381. End quote. I hinted at this on the Twitter space last night, but as Coinbase is approaching around or under $12 billion in market cap, could they be a takeout target? There's not a lot of big tech platforms in this regulatory environment that could take out a rival that has crashed to new lows, but you could see Wall Street banks and others might eye something like Coinbase as a pretty, pretty tempting asset. And more. Andrew Bosworth told Reality Labs staff that Meta plans to cut or delay some projects, and details will be forthcoming soon. Meta says there won't be layoffs, but remember, Reality Labs is what Meta is betting the farm on. Reality Labs is where they're trying to build out the metaverse, quoting Insider. Reuters saw a summary of comments made by Meta's chief technology officer, Andrew Bosworth, made to Reality Labs staffers during a weekly Q&A session on Tuesday. A Meta spokesperson confirmed to Reuters that Bosworth told staff that the division would not be able to afford some projects and others would have to be postponed. Reality Labs cost Meta $2.9 billion in the first quarter of 2022 and $3.3 billion in the final quarter of 2021. CEO Mark Zuckerberg told investors in an April conference call that the company would slow the pace of some of its investments. So far, the company has announced Reality Labs is working on a high-end VR headset called Project Cambria and a pair of AR glasses called Project Nazar, end quote. And SoftBank reported a $26.2 billion full-year loss for its Vision Fund unit, leading the group to a $13.13 billion annual net loss as stocks decline and inflation rises, quoting the journal. The world is in a chaotic situation, said Chief Executive Masayoshi Son, citing COVID-19 and Russia's invasion of Ukraine, quote, in this chaotic world, the approach we at SoftBank should take is defensive, end quote. Mr. Son said the company was making new investments at a slower pace this fiscal year, he predicted that the total for the year would be only a quarter or half the level of the previous year when SoftBank made about $46 billion in investments through its Vision Fund and Latin American funds. Mr. Son said he would select his targets with stricter due diligence and be careful of investing in Chinese companies. Because the 475 companies we have invested in are gradually reaching harvest soon, we can manage to survive, Mr. Son said. We may not be able to plant new seeds in the next year or two, but I expect the stock market to start recovering After one or two years, end quote. Among the many signs of tribulation littering SoftBank's 117-page earnings statement was an investment loss of $26.2 billion in the first three months of this year in its principal funds. Those are the Vision Fund 1, which has completed its investments, the Vision Fund 2, which is still making new investments, and the Latin American funds. The publicly listed stocks that compose much of the first Vision Fund have fallen by more than half since the start of the year. Didi is down more than 80% since its debut on the New York Stock Exchange last summer, which was followed by run-ins with Chinese regulators that led Didi to plan to delist from the NYSE." So if we're ever going to stop this doom and gloom cycle, someone is going to have to step up into the breach. Will it be Instacart? Sources are telling Bloomberg that Instacart confidentially filed documents for an IPO, which could happen as soon as 2022, though the timing could slip or the startup could stay private. Quote, Instacart is working with banks, including Goldman Sachs Group and JPMorgan Chase and company, on an offering, said the People, who added that other banks may be included later. A representative for Goldman Sachs didn't immediately respond to a request for comment. A spokesperson for JPMorgan declined to comment. A beneficiary of the coronavirus pandemic, Instacart's pace of growth has decelerated. It announced in March that it was cutting its valuation about 40 percent to $24 billion, Bloomberg News reported. The company was previously valued at $39 billion in March 2021 in a funding round that included Andreessen Horowitz, Sequoia Capital, and D1 Capital Partners, as well as Fidelity and T. Rowe Price and Associates. Instacart's public debut could come at a turbulent time in the stock market. Only two IPOs of more than $500 million have priced this year in the U.S. Excluding blank check firms, 52 companies have raised $4.4 billion this year, compared with 201 listings for a total of more than $71 billion during the same period in 2021, according to data compiled by Bloomberg. The performance of these newly public companies generally has been disappointing. The Renaissance IPO ETF is down 48% in the Whenever I need to do financial research for this show, for instance, during tech earnings season, when I have to analyze how various companies' stocks have been performing, I only ever turn to our sponsor today, Yahoo Finance. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They are the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. Securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. Worth noting that the U.S. Senate voted 51 to 50 to confirm privacy expert Alvaro Bedoya to the Federal Trade Commission, replacing former Commissioner Rohit Chopra and establishing a Democratic majority for the first time on the FTC this far into the Biden presidency. Quoting The Verge, Vice President Kamala Harris voted to break a 50-50 tie on the Senate floor to finalize Bedoya's confirmation. Badoya will replace former Commissioner Rohit Chopra, who left the FTC last year to head the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Before his confirmation, Badoya was a Georgetown law professor with a focus on privacy law, founding the university's Center on Privacy and Technology in 2014. In his academic career, Badoya explored the disproportionate effects of surveillance on minority groups, particularly regarding facial recognition technology. Badoya was first nominated to the FTC last September, but his confirmation process was stalled by Republican opposition to his nomination. After several canceled and rescheduled committee hearings and votes last year, the Senate Commerce Committee voted 14 to 14 in March, requiring a motion to discharge by Majority Leader Chuck Schumer to bring a final vote to the floor, end quote. Disney's streaming subscribers hit 205.6 million globally, In Q2, Disney Plus added 7.9 million subscribers to reach a total of 137.7 million. Hulu added a mere 300,000 to reach 45.6 million subscribers, and ESPN Plus added 1 million to reach a total of 22.3 million subscribers. So, no Netflix hangover here, or is it just in the mail? Quoting The Hollywood Reporter. Disney CFO Christine McCarthy also suggested that Disney Plus subscriber growth could slow down in coming quarters. It is worth mentioning that we had a stronger-than-expected first half of the year, McCarthy said on the quarterly earnings call, adding that some markets expected to go live in Q3 are in Eastern Europe, including Poland, which may be impacted by the war. However, a stronger content slate in the second half of the year should keep Disney Plus growing. Disney's media and entertainment distribution division, which includes streaming, had revenues of $13.5 billion in the quarter, up 9% from a year ago. Streaming led the way, with revenues up 23% to $4.9 billion. Linear networks were up 5% to $7.1 billion. The Academy Awards helped bolster ABC, with advertising revenue up from the same quarter a year ago, partially offset by a decrease in viewership and, to a lesser extent, fewer units delivered, the company said." End quote. Some more news out of I.O. Google released Android 13 Beta 2 with finer privacy controls and improved Material U theme system, the ability to change the language of each app, and more. Quoting Neowen, With Android 13, privacy and security are very important focuses for Google. Users will have more control over the files they give apps access to, for example. Files and media has been removed, and two new categories have taken its place, photos and videos, and music and audio. Another way that Google is preserving privacy is by no longer needing users to grant location to apps just to enable Wi-Fi scanning. To protect the data you may have copied to the clipboard, Google is adjusting Android so that you get a notification when an app accesses your clipboard. The system will also erase your clipboard history after a short period, so apps are blocked from copying information. While this is good from a privacy perspective, it sounds as though it could become annoying if you're trying to copy and paste between apps, especially if your phone is a bit sluggish. To ensure we are as safe as possible, Google is going to introduce the Settings and Privacy Settings page. Here you'll see such things as App Security Screen Lock, Google Security Checkup, and Find My Device Settings, and any requests Google wants you to make to tighten your security settings. Aside from all the features mentioned, Android 13 will also improve the tablet experience, It brings better multitasking on tablets and an updated taskbar so you can switch between single tablet view and split screen. To enter split screen mode, just drag and drop a second app onto your screen from the taskbar library, and it will share the screen with the app already open, end quote. I think we touched on this yesterday, but it looks like Google is taking another run at trying to make Android tablets a thing. Nth times the charm, I guess. And finally today, because I really didn't mention it yesterday, I just want to highlight the most impressive demo from the I.O. keynote. Google teased an early look at lightweight AR glasses that could display the text of a conversation transcribed and translated in real time, quoting TechCrunch. It remains to be seen how fully featured these specs would be if they ever actually come to market. But live, in-real-life subtitles in a wearable heads-up display is a big deal if the execution is right. The video is a stark contrast from the bombast of the original Google Glass announcement at I.O. Gone are the skydivers and extreme sports enthusiasts. In their place is a subdued promo that demonstrates real-world value. Unlike the deluge of Pixel announcements, Google's making no promise that such a product will ever actually come to market. Today's Google I.O. debut was no doubt a way to gauge interest in a product that isn't quite fully baked. The video included a simulated point of view of what such a display could look like, affording the speaker to look directly at a subject while reading their words. Questions around efficacy, pricing, and more remain, but if the execution is there, it's easy to see some true value in a product that marries AR hardware with the company's longstanding work in translation and transcription software. At the very least, it's one of the most compelling use cases we've seen for a wearable AR display. If Google could find similarly useful implementations for things like Maps, it might eventually have a winner on its hands here, And quote. I go deeper on my impressions of this in the Twitter Spaces bonus episode this weekend, but click through on the last link in the show notes to actually see the demo for yourself. This afternoon is the most meaningful North London derby in recent memory. Arsenal go away to Spurs, and if we win, we're back in the Champions League for the first time in five years. Later this afternoon, you should spare a thought for me as I try to watch the game. The thing about football is when you actually care about the outcome of a match, like really, really care, it is no fun at all. Just 90 minutes of agony. Come on, Arsenal